Cash Color Canvas, a high-level conversation on live hiphopdaily.tv. Um, it's your guest, Mecca King. I'm back at it again on a Tuesday night down here in Atlanta at Live Hip Hop Daily for another episode of the Higher Level of Conversation, which is Cash Color Cannabis. And I got my special guest in the building, my man, Headcrack. Crack, Yo, what's good with you, man? Peace and love, my brother. Thanks for having me uh, come no, no. through, man. Bro, appreciate you coming through. You know, I was, I was joking a little bit with, with Herb earlier about people I know who are just kind of born to rap, and I was listening to you mumble a second ago, and I'm like, when you meet people who are born to rap, they rap all day like like literally when they talk they rhyme like, they ain't doing it on purpose it's just they rap rap and i'm listening to you mumble I'm like oh he a rapper rap i forgot yeah yeah you know sometimes <laughs> like i'll be chilling it's quiet and i just like think of lyrics that i like either that i said or like other people said yeah so just a second ago i was inspired by like no to ledge because like you know y'all can't really see the vibe that's happening like inside the building but y'all was playing like some dope retro mm-hmm. hip-hop so like you know y'all was playing like uh black sheep choices yeah, yours and all that stuff yes, it reminded me just being on a bus you know, just you know, vibing out to the Juice soundtrack, listening to the classic Eric B. and Rakim, you know? Let's talk about how dope that Juice soundtrack is. We'll, we'll get to that later, because I do want to get into the hip-hop side of your life, man. Okay. But um, as I know, always start with my shows, for those who don't know, for some odd reason, <laughs> who is Headcrack and what does Headcrack do? Well, despite popular belief, I'm not the young kid from John Q. <laughs> it's, it's not me. Uh, it's a totally different guy. I mean, Headcrack, I'm a renaissance dude. Like, I don't want to say, I'm a radio DJ, because... It's more than that. Like, I'm a media personality. I do this TV show called Dish Nation. Mm-hmm. I got my brand new radio show called The Morning Hustle, which is syndicated in, like, 30-plus markets. Thank you so much. And But, like, my passion and my thing that I care about the most has always been hip-hop and how hip-hop can be weaponized yeah. for good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, hip-hop can, like, start wars, start fights. It can also bring peace motivate people and uh and help people embed themselves and i know what hip-hop did for me growing up so i want to like you know kind of do the type of things that inspired me through my music that's amazing man because I, I talk to people when i i grew up in hip-hop like I, I was born in 78 like like literally hip-hop was in my blood the minute i was able to hear a song so you're right like i've been able to watch hip-hop do everything from star wars to stop to from uh, stop the violence to stopping mm-hmm. gang wars, you know what I'm saying? Like to even right now, like I watch rap um, make people wear Balenciagas and they're ugly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like like rap has an ability to do that. <laughs> and you got you gotta love that man. You gotta love that part about it, man. So uh, I, like I said, I've known that you are a hip hop head. You know, shout out to Bodega Brothers. I actually seen you perform one time and I was blown away. I was like, oh, thank is, you, this bro. Is a dope dope experience. Uh, when did you first discover the culture of hip hop? I mean, I was born in the Bronx, so I'm, you know, it's like being thrown in the pool. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. all around you. You see the graffiti. And like, you know, early 80s New York, you know, you, you still saw the breakdances outside. Yeah. It was truly a thing. And, you know, for whatever reason, it just spoke to me at a cellular level. Not everybody could sing and hit notes like Michael Jackson or Prince. Not everybody had five people to back them up with choreography like New Edition. Yeah. But if you had a pen and an imagination, you could be a rapper. And like what I used to do is I used to use rap to, to diss people who would diss me. Like I wasn't good at playing the dozens, but... <laughs> I can come back yeah. tomorrow and say something melodic that people would remember insulting you in return that'll go way harder than you snapping on the sneakers I had yesterday. So, like, I just kind of, like, just as time went by, I got better and better at it and then, like, went from writing to being able to freestyle off the top of my head and to just go for it. That's crazy, man. You know, it's funny you just mentioned about how most people can't sing. I grew up thinking that all women can sing for some reason. Like, I just thought that was a thing that all... I, matter of fact, to the point where... And I'll give you an example. When Mariah Carey was hot, 
I remember telling this girl who I was in school with, like, I don't get the big deal. Can't all y'all sing? Like, what's the, what's the big deal about women singing? And to some degree, true. like, most women can sing, but not all women can sing like Mariah Carey. Not, well, yeah, most women can't sing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to go there. Also, I thought for some reason all women's hair was real. Like, In Vogue was my... I remember my sister laughed at me just like how you laughed when I said I thought In Vogue's hair was real. And they was like, okay. You know? Well, <laughs> let me tell you something, man. Yo... I did too. Yeah, bro, I, I found out just now that it wasn't. It wasn't? No. Because no. like some of them had short haircuts. And like, and here's the thing. The witchcraft in yes. which women are able to pull off exactly. with hair technology. That's where I was. I don't know. And I work in front of like some of the flyest <laughs> chicks. Like Portia Williams will come through with a pixie cut one day and then joints down to her shoulders yeah, the next day. Yeah. And I like just in my head, she combed the shit different. It was exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. As a, as, a, as a dude, I don't think on levels like that when it comes to women. I just think women are just magical, can do whatever the hell they yeah. want to do. So if <laughs> you have an afro one day and a short hair the next, I assume that's all you your hair. I don't never think about wigs. Thanks to Instagram, I think about wigs now. <laughs> oh, it, it, ru- it ruined the surprise. Ruined but, the surprise. But Instagram man. is spoiling it for dudes too, because like you know, cats, you know, you you know, got like the cul-de-sac hairline and stuff, oh, and then next oh, thing you know, they oh. coming through with the. Bro, I can spot a fake beard a mile away, and I almost want to be, I almost want to be a um, a coach for women. I can spot a fake beard a mile away. Like, bro, why are y'all doing this to us right now? Like, you're messing the culture up. Mm. Like walking around here with a whole chin strap. Yeah, <laughs> just looking ridiculous. And like you know, and it's it's curtailed a little bit. But you remember cats like you know maybe like two three years ago they was doing like the shoe polish uh, beard uh, like where uh. like there wasn't even really hair there, but it was merely like paint, just paint. And like you know, <laughs> if paint. it starts raining outside, they like kind of like playing low real quick. They ain't really trying to go out there. <laughs> just paint. And my thing and my thing was this. So you just you just walking outside doing that. You just walking outside with paint on your face. Yeah, I mean, God rest the dead. I remember one time Shorty Lowe came by the station and like... Oh, Shorty Lowe. <laughs> and it was just like... Rest in peace, Lowe, though, man. Lowe do got that Beijing, baby. Yo, he I'm just scratching it. my head because I didn't really understand what was going yes. on. And I'm like, yo, maybe I just... I missed the wave. No, like, no, you know, he did not. But he, was, but he was the first person on the wave. Rest in peace, Shorty Lowe. I remember me and... Danny just walked out. I remember me and Danny went to Shorty Lowe's crib and I thought that like, okay, he's the first one I seen with it because he had the hairline, the beard. It was perfect. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to go through all that, all that grooming, really, man. And and God bless him too, because he yeah. would run in place, and after yes. a while, you would start to sweat. Yes, yes, yes. He was trained. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a different level when you get to that spot, man. Yeah. So, uh, so hip hop was something that you kind of like me. You was born into. You know, mm-hmm. you woke up and the culture was in front of your face. Um, but eventually, you you found yourself towards radio. Like, what, what, how did you gravitate towards radio? Uh, you know, it was one of the things where I really just fell into it. So, mm-hmm. me and my man Kino from the Bodega Brothers, yeah. me, him, and this other guy named Super K, we were at a party one night, and there was this new station that came to town. Now, at this time, we was living in Dallas. 97.9 Beat was the station, and they were playing De La Soul, Ghostface Killer, and I'm like, yo, I want to work there. Kino and Super K was like, yeah, me too. We went to the studio the next day. We... Uh, we made a tape, like we have a radio show and this is what it sounds like. Yeah. Now at this time, I'm working for a record company and I'm like, hey, I want to work overnights, maybe 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. so I can keep my day job and they're like, no, listen, we want to give you guys a 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. shift Really? and you guys can quit your day job. So he's like, all right, then cool. And that is how we ended up in market number five <laughs> doing radio. That's crazy because, you know, six to ten, and radio doesn't pay the most. So for somebody to be like, you know, now quit everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's a No, we story. got in at the sweet spot where it was still, like, kind of, like, you know, bringing the bag to you. But even, like, us getting in in the sweet spot, you know, like, 
when we first signed our radio deal, we it was like kind of the equivalent of the Louisiana Purchase. If anybody like does history, like, like they was like, how much money do y'all want to do the show? And I was like, hold up, guys, I got this. Insert insert low number right here. Like we were trying to do the job for the exact amount of money that oh, we were no. getting paid to do our oh, other no, job no, right no. there. And then it took us like six to twelve months to climb out of that hole and get the money we should have been getting. Because then, like you know, because <laughs> the by the end I got a lawyer. It's like, yo, why did you ask for so low? That's funny. You could, that's hilarious. Oh, it, it, but you're right. You know, when you in something new like that, I, I mean, I guess you don't really know what the price is going to be. You know what I mean? No, like, I didn't. I had no idea. You know, to be, I, I, I hate to even show my own being naive, but yeah, I've been in that room before where somebody asked you, so how much do you think you're worth? And you say to yourself, uh, I need $500. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, that's what I need right this second. But what do you think I'm worth? Yeah. You never really can kind of think about things like that, especially when you're going into a space like radio. Like, you probably just are f- happy to do it. Yeah, and my whole thing is like, hey, man, we're going to have the opportunity to play, like, dope records, yeah, break yeah. artists, interview people, and say what we want to say on the radio. We didn't have training. Yeah. We didn't go to radio school. Like, they literally, you know, they say, oh, man, the inmates are running the asylum. That's really how it was yeah. when we got the gig because our PD at the time loved the fact that we didn't do radio. It was almost, you know, you know, sometimes God will put the right people yeah. in the right place at the right time because if it was any other person who was like a linear thinking radio person who went to school for all these years and I read marketing books, like they would have never hired us. They would have yeah. never hired us. Yeah. But God put Daryl Johnson, shout out to him, in the right place at the right time. And he was like, yo, I need these guys. That's great because, you know, you get in the wrong hands and next thing you know, you got a gimmick. Like, uh, what was they did on Family Guy? Weenie in the butt? Like, you end up with one of them joints. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, Weenie in the butt. Instead of just y'all going on, on the mic and just rocking and doing your thing, man. Yo, we would bring listeners to the station and we would, like, tie them up like hostages and we'd give them four hours to get out of the, the situation to win prizes and stuff like that. Like, we were wilding. At nights and just doing stuff that, like, you know, by today's standards and yeah. practices, we probably wouldn't be able to do it. Like, I remember sometimes we would hold, like, we'd hold items for ransom, too. Like, hey, we got tickets to go see Insert Rapper with Little in his name. And uh, <laughs> in order to get it, you got to bring us the latest issue of the Source magazine, a universal remote controller, and a, and a stamp with a black man on it. <laughs> you had four hours. <laughs> Where and like and people would come through and do it because like they just enjoyed the not you know, they believed in the bullshit yeah and we we believed in it too yeah that's dope as hell though I would have listened to that I probably would have tried to participate I'd have been that guy yo I man, like we there are people that we are still friends with to this day because either they won something on the show <laughs> they were regular callers or whatever you know what I mean and I just hate that just back then like this is like right as YouTube was becoming a thing. We didn't really have the foresight to just like record all that stuff and put it yeah, online. Yeah. Now I got like mad tapes, you know, at the crib that I can like maybe convert, but I don't have time. That's crazy, man. So that's a, that's an amazing first time experience in radio. Uh, after that, where did you go? Did you happen to move from market to market? Or no? So like once again, a lot of people be in radio. Yeah. So I did nights for three years here. Yeah, then I had to go to Kentucky. No. Exactly. Exactly. I did nights for like four and a half years, and it's like, hey, man, you guys are number one at nights. Tell you what, we're gonna take head crack from the night show. Pairing with Ricky Smiley, and then we're gonna start a morning show. So, all I was looking at it like, 
So I get Saturdays off? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because we were working Monday through Saturday. We had one day off a week. Yeah. And that was like kind of commonplace for people who was doing a night shift back then. And even in some markets it is, but now they got to work like 7 to midnight every day. And that's like crazy, but whatever. Yeah. So I dodged that bullet. So they paired me with Ricky, and then, um, and then we started the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. And we did that for like, I think like 15 years. It's all a blur. Sheesh, man. And so- then now they rolled me my own drink. That's crazy. So what was it like working with somebody like Ricky Smiley? You know what I mean? Because somebody like myself, you know, watching um, um, BT Comic Views and all that, you see Ricky Smiley as this comedian. You see all the energy and everything. But to put that in a radio studio and do this job every every week, every day is like a whole different animal, man. Well, here's the crazy part. like part. working with him? I never saw any of that stuff. Really? Because like when like Comic View was on, the way we do it, which was a show he had on yeah. BT, it was on while we was on... The air. Oh, so you missed it, missed it. So I missed it, missed it. Yeah, like, yeah. I heard of him, and, like, I'd see him. I heard he was the Santa Claus on Friday. There you go. But I had, you know, yeah. I, had nothing to, <laughs> I had nothing to really connect it to. Yeah. So when we met, you know, like, it was kind of weird. It was like, you know, uh, you know, City Mouse, Country Mouse. You know, like, hey, this is a guy from Birmingham. He likes church. He loves his grandmother. I'm a dude from New York. I'm listening to Wu-Tang. I'm wearing Tim's. I got a chew stick. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was stick. like... <laughs> you know, like all New York in the building, right? Word. Because, like, you know... I. I am who I am, no matter where I am. So, you know, it took us a while to figure out each other's, like, rhythm and timing. But once we got it together, like, you know, the magic happened. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, it's like being in a band. Sometimes you're playing drums. Sometimes you're playing tambourine. And I knew how to play my position within that scenario to help aid and abet the show to become what it became. Yeah, which was a, a major smash. You know what I mean? Like, like Ricky Smiley's show was, was, was and what we it was a major, major thing in black communities. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, like you, are, you are a fixture in black households. What's it like to understand even to be part of something that, that big? You know what I mean? Because to know that you are being listened to not just in Atlanta, not just in this one market, but you talk about, I got you on radio.com. You know what I'm saying? I got you on iHeartRadio. I'm listening yeah. to this everywhere. I mean, I'm just waiting for, like, at any moment, the doctor to, like, pull the mask from me and be like, yeah, you've been in a coma for eight years. None, all this stuff is a figment of your imagination yeah. because none of this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of this makes sense at all because, like, you know, like, when people... I go, like, visit people at schools and stuff like that who want to get into communications. I talk to people who did, like, an eight, eight-year radio program. And, yeah, man, I'm still paying back my, my radio student loans and stuff like that. And, like, I just want to know how to get in the business. And it's just like... Yo, start a rap group first. (laughs) But it's kind of crazy because, like, here's the thing. It's hard to explain. Results may vary. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can do all the things that people tell you to do, all the things you think is right, and it may not work out because that's maybe not what the trajectory of your life was. Correct. correct. You know what I mean? And just for whatever reason, God is Walgreens during my life for me (laughs) and allowing me to just do shit because my, my intentions are good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't do this for the money. I don't do this because I want a convertible mansion. I don't do this because, you know what I'm saying, I'm trying to have sex with whatever leftover Destiny's child member there is. I'm doing this because I really want to help people and empower people to be as great as they possibly can be. So when you're moving in with good intentions... You get the Walgreens door treatment. Boy, don't, you don't have to open the door at Walgreens. The shit opens up for you. I feel you. I feel you. You know, and, and, and you're right because, you know, it's almost like you. It's, 
I'll take, for instance, even my life. I don't have a degree from college. I'm literally six, six credits short. Like, my mom, whenever I say this out loud, everybody, look, my mom, sister, all of them look at me still. Like, you really sick. And the, and the three credits are health and computer 101. I promise you. Computer. And the reason I won't take computers because I've been new. And I was, I was just at that moment, like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. But anywho, I couldn't tell nobody how to, how to be a writer. Like, I literally, it, from the time I got out of college, it was three years later, I was already getting paid to write. You know what I mean? Like, I knew what I wanted to do. If I had to turn and tell somebody how to do that, it would almost be impossible. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you that, you know, eventually you might be, like, I was in Charlotte. You might write enough on your own website that Brandon Peters and people like that in New York are now on an email train with you saying, can you cover Jeezy? I can't explain that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I got out there. Matter of fact, when when they called me to ask me to do that story, I hung the phone up and just ran and told my friends. They had to call me back and say, can we get your social security number? We need to pay you. Like, I, it didn't even dawned on me that I was getting paid. It was like a check attached yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, it didn't even dawn on me. So, like, for me, to, I could I could totally get you. I couldn't explain nobody this trajectory. I couldn't explain cash color cannabis to nobody. This shouldn't be popular. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but look all at this it. Thing, yeah, exactly. Y'all can't see it on camera, but this shit's lit. This, this should not be popular in any way, shape, or form. They're, like, multiple people, like... Smoking various strands of weed. Like, right uh-huh. now as we do this interview. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's just exciting. It is. It's, it's an exciting <laughs> life. I can't explain it. And sometimes you cannot explain what happened to you. The most you can say is, this happened. You know, and just be blessed to be able to... Ex- be blessed to be able to say to somebody, yeah, I'm the, I'm the example. I, and I don't and know look why. at your moves, bro. Like, I mean, when you think about it from the standpoint of the first writer ever didn't have to take a class. Yeah. He lived... And wrote about the things exactly. that he understood exactly. and had a mastery exactly. of. And there's some things that can't be taught. Exactly. You can't teach somebody to have a personality or an opinion. There you go. There you Either go. Either you have one or you don't. There you go. And then plus, I'm blessed that I don't have student loans for journalism class. Like, Dap like, on that. Like, 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 I didn't get a, a, a master's degree in journalism. I know people with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't know what they're doing with that. But I know people with those, man. And the crazy thing about the computer class you took. Yeah. None of that shit applies anymore, does it? No, 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 no. Because no. it's funny, you know, again, I remember walking in that class and they were trying to explain to us like cursors and how to type. And I was looking around like, y'all know how to type? Like, I remember like the last computer class I took actively. It was when you had to enter all that stuff in to make the robot dance. Oh, bro. And I would bro. always be like a semicolon short. Bro. And then like, <laughs> then like the very next year they dropped Windows 95. And I'm like, yo, y'all wasted everybody's time. I need that credit back. So, so, you know what? I miss, I miss Oregon training. Like Oregon Trail to me Hell is the yeah. most underrated <laughs> basic game ever that computers ever blessed us with. It was the only reason I went to school for some point. Sometimes, like I'm here for this. I want to play Oregon Trail. For me, it was Lemmings. 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 I remember Lemmings, man. Yo, they, they like kind of followed each other yeah. to their doom, and you had to like get as many Lemmings through as you can. Like if they came out with the app, I play that shit. Dang, that almost sounds like Instagram, man. Like let's see how many people we can get into this little box before it closes. Mm-hmm. The black, the real black mirror. <laughs> so. um you know, it was dope to me that you was able to work with Ricky Smiley. It was mm-hmm. it was an amazing platform for yourself. And eventually you spun out, and now you have your own show. Yeah, The Morning Hustle. Talk to us about The Morning Hustle, because I'm pretty sure, again, somebody walk, you Walgreens yourself into that one, too. Basically, I never said, hey, I want my own show. I hate it here. Like, yeah. one or two things was going to happen at the end of my contract. I was either going to leave and just put all my energy into rapping, mm-hmm. because I put the rap shit on hold. Yeah, was that going to be an option? Like, the Bodega Brothers, would that have been an option if you didn't do Ricky uh, I mean, it, it's definitely... Uh, the problem is we don't live in the same place. Okay. And, I mean, and as much as I hate to say it, like, I have to, I have to puffy that situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I have to show up and make Travi keynote hang out. And then we both, both 
we went to the studio like two weeks ago. Like I flew to Dallas just so we could work on music. Word. And yo, we cooked up some dope, dope shit. So I can't wait to roll out more Bodega Brothers music. Okay. I just dropped a record Friday solo called Cali, mm-hmm. which anybody who's down with the like the cash color cannabis movement, they y'all I think y'all gonna rock with that, especially the video too. Word. It's about going to California, eating edibles, and having to be rescued. <laughs> over a, an amazing beautiful backdrop and the video is crazy too I'm hoping to put that out uh, if not this Friday uh, probably next Friday have you done the visual yet already because I'm already getting vibes of going back to Cali oh the video's already done and yes I do have a red Kango on in the video okay okay, um, okay there are people who people who maybe you know search the web and go on sites that end with hub that you might recognize in the video. Um, and it, it's just a dope video. <laughs> but once again, and I willed that too. Like my manager at the time, I was like, yo, I want a girl who looks like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he literally got blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look at Jesus. You know what? I, you know what? No, don't call your shot sometimes. Cause literally I hit up, I have standing appointments with Candace Vaughn, and I think I might be able to get Jasmine Banks on the show. Like I, I've, I've, I've shot my shot before. That, you, you got to. <laughs> got you to. miss 100% of the ones you don't take. Got to, got to. Got, I have shot that shot before, and do not be shocked if Candace Vaughn is sitting on this couch having a full conversation smoking a blunt. I'll be one of those people in the back rolling I up. I bet you would. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you would. I will be a studio audience member. Like That night, I will play tambourine. I'll do my part, play my position. So what's it like having your own show now? Like, Is, is it a big difference between this and you being a part of the Ricky Smiley show? It's a whole lot different. Um, I played way more games on my phone <laughs> on the old show yeah. <laughs> because I didn't have to steer the boat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm waiting to do the hip-hop spot. It's paternity test Tuesday. I'm trying to think of something like, you know, semi-fucked up to say. Like, you know, I'm like... This dude's playing Bird. Like, play. Yo, I be playing Marvel Strike Force. I got like six star Hulk, like you know, stop like it, I couldn't have it. done that. Stop it. So the new show, you know, <laughs> you're you're conducting the train, you're keeping everything rocking, you're rolling out, and um, and you really gotta like you know, it's a new squad. So you, you, we're still in a point where we're like learning everybody's trigger points. Oh, this is what this person's passionate about. Yeah. This is you know what makes this person tick. But it's fun. Yeah. We're having fun, and the cool thing is like I get to be able to talk about the things that like everybody in the room previously maybe didn't necessarily understand what I was talking about because I was the youngest guy in the room. So if I'm talking about the new project from Westside Gun and Conway, he's <laughs> probably looking at you like the fuck. I, 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 tell me about Tim Conway. No, like, no, 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 no. He's a dude from New York, man. He got he got shot. It was all bad, but you know. And and then even like some of like the higher level stuff that I want to put our culture onto, like you know, like the art of astral projection, mm-hmm. uh, you know, remote viewing, uh, you know, and just really celebrating the God from within. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like a lot of people don't understand how powerful we really truly are as people because we're so distracted. Yeah. And I really want to have these conversations, man, to help people unlock that that part of their mind that allows them to spend more time with themselves. I want to let people know that hey, listen. I know that you've been told that weed is the worst shit ever or your life, but hey, listen, man, the pharmaceutical companies have been selling you drugs, like real drugs, yeah. your whole life. And yeah. like, you know, and I want to just, you know, do everything in a way where it's easy to digest the information. Yeah. And I want to help people grow. Bro, you, you know, I want people to become better people from listening to the show. 
That's dope, man. And um, so looking at the crew, I know you got L'Oreal on the team. Yeah, right? so is, is, is who else is part of the, part of the, the the staff? And did you pick them yourself, or were they handpicked for you? Um, so there was a process where I was like interviewing different people okay. and was just trying to find the right temperament and alchemy of like voices, personalities, and people that worked. And you know, this collection of people were the ones who I think really stuck to the wall best. Okay. Like, you know, you have your personality, you know, like, you know, L'Oreal from the Lip Service Podcast yeah. as well as Bully and the Beast. Uh, she and, also can rap. Yo, and she like, she be talking about I don't rap no more. But like, every Friday we started doing a flow and go again. Yeah. Like, yo, she be getting busy. That's how I know L'Oreal. L'Oreal can rap, man. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't even know in the beginning but, and then she reminds me of all of my aunts. Like, if I had a super aunt, it's L'Oreal. Like, she reminds me of my aunt Cynthia and my aunt Lisa with a little dash of my aunt Pat. Like, you know, she's, And she from New York, ain't she? Yeah, she's from Brooklyn. Okay, they And so is my mom and all my aunts. So, all like, races. yeah, she's like a super auntie. Um, <laughs> then you got Angie Ange, who uh, hails from D.C. Yeah. Um, and she has such a big heart. She's like the nurturer, the caring person. You know, if a turtle gets a straw in his eye, she gonna like pull it out and like make sure this turtle gets eye surgery. Like she cares about the big <laughs> things and the small things, and she's a Swiss Army knife type of person too. Like when we be freestyling, she don't rap, but she'll jump in and be better than most people who rap name begin with little. It's pretty good, minus Wayne. Minus Wayne. Minus Wayne. Yeah. The dude's nice still. Uh, so, you know, so she's dope. Glad to have her on the team. Then you got my man, uh, Jordan, used to be uh, known as Shorty the Prince. Uh, he's from uh, St. Louis, and he's had an interesting career himself because not only did he have records out uh, that were popping, uh, this is the way I live. That was like his uh, big breakout single. I used to love that song, too. Yeah. <laughs> the way I live. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, you know, he's been doing radio for a long time, getting to the back since he was young. You know, he was on uh, 106 in Park, like, on the victory lap season where, like, they, you know, where they kind of almost, they wrapped it up, like, yeah. pretty much after that season. But, like, you know, he was one of those guys that was so good at what he did. You know, let's bring this guy in and try to, you know, make it pop off. But, you know, he maintained doing music. And he also maintained, like, you know, popping in and out of radio. So, you know, he's a dope asset to have on the team. Uh, then you got comedian Billy Sorrells, who is also uh, one of those new guys that's just out there quietly killing it. You know, he's been a while now. Uh, he'd be on uh, True TV Live Tracks. You know, he tours the country doing stand-up, and he's just a funny dude to be around. Right, so, man. you know, it's never a dull moment in there. So uh, so we talked about Lori, you want to enjoy the Angie and Billy Yeah, so that's the Furious Five, man. That's what's up, man. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you got your own show now, and you now the captain of your own boat. Word. Um, radio's a lot different, though, now. You know what I mean? Like, I remember growing up, and yeah, radio was it. Like I remember sitting up and listening to Clinton Sparks on eighty eight nines and all that. Like radio was it. And it's not so much. Right. Like radio is going through a transition right now where you do have to, to compete with so many other platforms. Um, including such a, a platform such as myself, like podcasts. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like radio is radio is scared of podcasts? I think the people who program radio in its current form don't understand podcasts well enough to counter program against it. Mm. Don't think they're scared of it. I don't think they take it seriously yeah. as they should. Same way like when the whole digital revolution was yes, coming yeah, in, people yeah. was like, you know, download and no one had an answer for it. And so it was too late. People want to hear content because they yeah. can hear these little raggedy songs anytime they want. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's all about having the most cutting edge, dopest personalities on because like 
far gone are the days where you pick up the phone and call, be like, yo, I want to hear the new one exactly. from anybody because you literally can make it happen right then and now on your phone. Exactly. You know, and I used to be one of those dudes calling and requesting songs that you would never gonna play. Yeah. And you said, I got that coming up. And I sat there and waited. Like <laughs> waited the whole night. Knowing damn well you wasn't gonna play Respect Mine by Fat Joe featuring Ray Kwan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, like, you, you call in with that hope. Yeah. So, People got to smarten up, and and like I said, with our show, we're just trying to do our part to make sure we're talking about the things that people uh, care about, and we're doing it with a little bit of that podcast nuance mixed with that classic radio delivery, so it's palpable to people who got like old school ears. Do you feel like radio could ever get as important, or at least rise up to the part where it was important in pop culture as it was in in the past? Like, do you think we can get back to those, some of those old days with radio? I think we can if. We, let me figure out how to say what I'm trying to say. I think radio can be as important as it was back in the day if they listened to the damn kids. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, man, the kids control the future. Yeah. I go speak at these schools and they kind of know me. Mostly, you know, mostly more so from Dish Nation. Yeah. More, like more so than radio, like you are aware of Hot 107.9 because, you know, like this is where you live. But at the end of the day, you got to reach the people on a level. If pe- if these kids want to hear their favorite song, they're not necessarily just jumping straight to the radio anymore. No. They're pulling out their phone, they're going to Spotify, you know, these little pirates is listening on SoundCloud. And at the end of the day, we got to figure out a way to keep up with that and create and give power back to the mixes. Because yeah. that was another thing that was yeah, like really important man. back in the day. Yeah. So like, why would I want to listen to someone mix the same songs that they just got finished playing you know, See, like you know, like not, an hour ago, and that's why I thought Sirius was going to be way bigger of a of a of a thing to me because mm-hmm. I thought Sirius gave that power. Like you literally had the power with, say, like a DJ DJ drama show or somebody like that. You know, what I'm saying a Rapid Rick show. Like you would have the power to program the channel you would actually want to program. Mm-hmm. I felt like Sirius really could have did it. You know, what I mean, and I think that Sirius is still stumbling a little bit. Like they're still trying to figure out different yeah. ways to maintain relevance right now. Yeah, like, you know, everybody doesn't have DJ drama level juice or creativity. Yeah. And that's one thing that, like, I think also stifles hip-hop as a culture. Because some DJs don't want to work hard to figure out how to mix Earth Gang into something that Metro Boomin produced. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's too much work for some of these people. Yeah. Especially if the BPMs are so extreme. You know, like, cats... Play it simple for whatever reason, man. Let's not even get into it. You talk about DJing, man. Like, we got to talk about what kind of DJ now. Like, you a DJ DJ or you the kind of DJ that, like, you know, push buttons. Push buttons. You feel me? Like, I'm, like my man DJ Bentley, shout to DJ Bentley. I remember Bentley and I sat, t- sat there and watched a video on Instagram where this dude was, he was an EDM DJ. And he had this whole arena rocking. Mm. And um, he was just going like this. And every once in a while, he'll slap something. And I'm like, bro, I don't know what he's doing up there. <laughs> and, you know, the camera will be zooming over. And he's clearly not doing anything. He's just going back and forth Things. He's just selling the motion. Yeah, so it, it that's well on camera. That's what I realized about EDM DJs. What they do is sell the energy. They don't. They don't necessarily. I could be an EDM DJ. You know, it's so <laughs> disappointed because you know, you know, Jazzy Jeff is getting to the bag. Yes, but his skill set should have him getting Calvin Harris money. Oh yes, you like, know, yes, yes, yeah. Because for what. We're, we're talking about just your skill set and the fact that you know how to actually rock a crowd based on who the crowd is. Mm-hmm. You're not going to come in there and just play hip-hop all day. He's going to get to jazz. He's going to get to R&B. He's going to get to something he found in London. He's going to be that dude. Yeah. Like a, oh, I don't want to talk down with nobody. Get a bag. I mean, I'm, <laughs> but the thing is, like, with a lot of these EDM DJs, you almost have to be high to enjoy their set. Almost. 
I want the music to get me hot. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, like that feel good. You know, like I went to go see, uh, I went to the sound table one night. Uh, there was a DJ out of Brooklyn and his name is at the tip of my tongue. But the records that he played, every record made you feel like a million bucks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. every every record he played had so much heart, it had so much soul and the way he ushered it in was just so well done. And ex- Rich Medina. Rich Medina. Rich, Rich Medina, Medina was at the sound table. And like, yo, I went home and I wrote till about four o'clock in the morning and then recorded to six o'clock. That's what good that's what a good music selector should do for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it should make you want to go like I've gotten into house music recently. I'm mm. loving like some real good house DJs. Like I like just that vibe. You know what I mean? Like it's like you can go from zero to a hundred and you just sitting there like, oh man, this is so dope. I need to do something. Like, it makes you automatically just want to do something. Yeah. Now, I'm really big about going out and catching a vibe. Yeah. Because I am so domesticated daddy daycare right now in my life <laughs> to where, like, I need to be able to feel the danger and I need to be able to capture the shit that, like, really pulled me in to begin with. Like, going to MJQ on a Friday night. Like, I, have you ever been? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yo, it is the most consistent thing in the history of my Atlanta existence. Some of my favorite restaurants don't exist anymore. I remember there used to be a Muslim dude in a bow tie when I first came here. He used to sell me a, 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 a salmon Philly. That place is gone. But MJQ is still rocking and Drez is still one of the best freaking hosts I've ever seen. Shout out to And Doug Boogie and freaking Majestic and, uh, B, and DJ Lloyd and like that whole squad over there. And they have a vibe that make you want to be part of the party. Like, it's not, you ever go to MJQ's, the th- part I love about MJQ's is ain't nobody sitting around taking taking pictures. And no. it's not one of those moves where everybody's like with the cameras in their face. Nah, you sweating. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, cause that, because they, they just put it down, man. And then like you say, dread me up and they'll be like, yo, it's amazing. Choreography, man. like, I remember this exactly. one time I went and this one dude just stood on stage the whole time with his arms folded in the B-boy stance. And then when set it off by Strafe came on, all of a sudden, like it was almost like he was a sleeper cell, or he was the Manchurian <laughs> candidate, and that song is what made him dead. Then all of a sudden, it was like they was together. It was like two people, but moving as one. It was the most amazing shit. Bro, that's crazy, man, man. That's crazy. Well, hopefully, we can see radio get back to where where it was. Because, like I say, I grew up in that era. I'm not going to try to make people go back to the 2000s, 90s, or the 80s. I'm not that dude, but mm-hmm. I would like to see radio again be prevalent at least be relevant to people to, to this young generation so hopefully they do figure out a way a good happy medium i think podcasts do scare them mm-hmm. i think like it, it's almost like anything it's like when social media first popped up anything that's this free and this accessible and allows people to just reach out to people and don't have to go through hoops and ladders should scare any entity yeah. and when you see podcasts and you start seeing more of these are uh, more popular people have podcasts the joe budden podcast yeah. and things like that it should really make a lot of program directors start scratching their head, like, how are we missing this boat? Well, I think the biggest thing is the lack of control. Yes, a lot part. of programmers want to be able to control, yeah. and their le- their level of control is the music. Mm-hmm. The music gives them the power, gives them the leverage. I can make this deal. I can get this to go with this way. But with podcasts, it's content. You're talking. You can't really control what the people are saying per se. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you know, they lose that. Yeah. When you remove the music from the narrative, because the money's there, yeah. so they're coming. They're coming now because you see that the money is there. But you know, I think a lot of podcasters just have to organize and make sure they're being paid fairly, and not like necessarily aligning with companies that are like you know ripping them off. Yeah. And you know, and really figure out how to like structure the content because like I love podcasts, but my commute is so short. I remember I listened to one episode of the Joe Rogan joint 
And it took me a week and a half because it showed me three hours long. Luckily for y'all, I try to keep this between like 45 minutes and an hour. Like, I don't try to take your whole day up. It's very digestible. Yeah, I, yeah, I, try, to, I try to do that because I, I try to listen to um, drunk, Drink Champs on yeah. Tidal. And I was like, man, not only are they drunk, this is long. Turn it into a project. <laughs> I don't know it's how y'all do this for two hours. Like, this is long, man. Like, how y'all even awake? Like, that's it's a the lot alcohol. Of they drink a Tiger Ball. Sheesh. Right? <laughs> Sheesh, boy. That's a, I mean, it, it'd be heavy up in there, man. So I heard you get into the Wii game. Yeah, man. So um, many years ago, yeah, uh, back when the rumblings of the legalization of cannabis in the state of Illinois was becoming a thing, mm-hmm. uh, me and a few people got together in an investment group, and we went in on a dispensary. That's what's up, On man. the south side of Chicago. So it's called uh, Mission, uh, Mission Dispensary. Okay. It's over on the south side, and we serve in the south side of Chicago well. And because of what just popped off January 1st with the legalization <laughs> of recreational marijuana, we, boop, 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 yo, boop, we can now you know, serve the community better. You know, if somebody was thinking about shooting somebody, they're going to do it later. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, we're in a great space. And the thing is, like, I've seen how... Marijuana has helped people who are in like tremendous pain deal with their issues. Mm-hmm. And to be able to create an affordable alternative to these real drugs that these pharmaceutical companies are peddling to you, yeah. I, I think it's a fantastic thing. But you just got to know, know your limits. Weed ain't for everybody. N- not everybody's brain is wired for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've seen some people smoke weed and become A-level alpha creatives. Mm-hmm. I've also seen people smoke a lot of weed turn into couch potatoes. Yeah. You have to figure... It's almost like the commercial. Find out if weed is right for you. Because <laughs> it might not be. I'm just saying. My pop's been high my whole life and I didn't even know it. Like, this is, and he functions. He's a functional... Like marijuana smoker to I'm, this day. I'm very proud of that. I am a functional cannabis consumer. Like there's a good chance I've been high in a lot of situations. Y'all didn't y'all didn't know it at all. Matter of fact, be lucky I was high. Or you you know what I'm saying? It could have been a whole <laughs> different situation. No, being high be saving people, man. Yeah, for real. A lot of cats be will get bully footed and stomped out. Mm-hmm. But like it's like, hey man, like listen, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go think about this. So what's it like being into into the dispensary business, man? Like that's that's a that's a whole nother again animal. <laughs> so the crazy thing is like you you have no idea what all goes in into it no until you see the operation because like you know when i went out there to go check you know because like you know you put all this money in right mm-hmm. and you're like yo what the fuck's up like, <laughs> when, when we get paid yeah <laughs> you know because you don't understand the process yeah. but then when you go out there and you see like oh wow like this is nice like costco level nice yeah you know what i'm saying it's very organized and it's like like clerks <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you know because like Prior to that, you know, like when I would go with my dad to get weed, he'd leave me in the car and he's knocking on someone's door and coming out jogging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this, this is a different. <laughs> Damn, I felt, you know, I felt like he was going to the corner store. So this is really cool. And then when you get to see the grow house, which is completely in a different location, it's like, whoa, now I see why it needed so many rounds of funding. Yeah. And how legitimate of a business this is. This is like so organized and such a real thing that I want to see more of my brothers and sisters get in on a boat because like, here's the thing. The ship is sailed in some cities already, mm-hmm. but it's about to sail nationwide and we need to be a part of this. We, you know, and like, and, and like some states have things in place where they have to have a certain amount of minority license Correct. holders mm-hmm. and 
we can't miss out on this in Georgia. We can't miss out on this in the state of Texas when they finally get their life together. Mm. I don't know what the... St- they probably ain't going to do this shit in Alaska. It's too cold. But all the places where it's not legal yet that it will be legal, I need us, minorities, to be in the conversation because if we're not in the conversation, we're going to get edged out. It's almost like, weird comparison, but the hair game. Mm. For some reason, mm. you know, black women spend so much money on hair and we as African Americans have no control over that business whatsoever and try to get in it. Yeah. They won't let you. Why is that? You know what I mean? So don't let marijuana become the next hair game. You know, I think you just gave me an idea for a dispensary. Like, can we have a dispensary where, say, all right, so they got, we walk in and there's doors. And this is like, this is an OG door, this is the sour door, this is that. And I can just run in, knock on the door, put my money down, and just jog back out. Because I remember that experience. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a dope experience. Like, I, I, that's, that's real. Like, I've been to dispensaries <laughs> and I've been to the trap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, that's a fun experience. I almost missed the old way. Because, yeah, like, you, yeah. you want to feel like you're getting away with exactly, something. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, ha, I like, think that's, I think, I think that's an idea. I think that's an idea. I don't know, man. We just, like, appreciate it. You know, and just dip off and look around, too. Make sure ain't nobody looking. Have a cop in there who just kind of just stares at you real weirdly. He ain't going to do shit. But, you know. Yeah, like, I don't know if the Branson guy that everybody wrapped around is still around. But, like. You know, shout out he is. Yo, me and Danny even met Branson. Shout out Branson. Word. Yeah, that was. Tell me about him, man. Like, yo, I've, I've heard about him on so many Redman records. Like, what's up? That's what I told him when I met him. I said, bro, I didn't think he was real. Like, for the, for the longest. And, um, yeah, so shout out to Cavario. Um, uh, my man Cavario actually put us together when I was working on this, um, this documentary called The Color Green. Okay. And um, so we was in New York. I was like, yeah, I explained him the situation. He actually put me on the phone with him. So I like, we all on a three-way. He explained the situation, what I was trying to do. Branson was cool with it. So he said, yeah, come through and we chop up. So um, we went up there. We, went up, we met him in his park in Harlem. Matter of fact, in the most rant, I, that's a whole other story, how we got to Harlem and how cabs wouldn't take us there how this lift driver got lost it took us like an extra hour and a half we wow. finally get to we finally get to my man's he was cool as hell and it was just dope talking to him because yeah you talk about somebody again who if things were different almost like how you you ever see malcolm x when um, he met jamaican Char- jamaican um, um oh man i almost called him jamaican charlie but when he met jamaican dude who, who was running numbers Oh, and, yeah, in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, um, West Indian Archie. When he was talking about how in another world you'd be a mathematician, you'd be this, you'd be that, but because where you're at, you're stuck at this level. Absolutely. Branson had the, like we was talking about burner. You had burner ideas in the in the 90s, and you had burner type um, promotion through Biggie, Jada Kisses, Puff Daddies early. It's just what you were doing was illegal, and it was in a city where they was turning up the volume when it comes to getting locked up. Like, how yeah. you listen about 95 Lives and Rikers Island and shit like that, they was turning the volume up on that. So mm-hmm. what you wasn't trying to do was be, be all out in the open with it, but you kind of was. Like, even my cousin Touche, my cousin Touche talks about, we from Boston, driving out to New York. He said, bro, I went out to New York because I was trying to find Branson. He's like, I would hear that shit so much. I was just like, yo, I'm asking people. I'm in clubs. I went down to the tunnel. Yo, where can I find that Branson weed at, man? Yeah. Like, it was like that. He could have been a burner... In the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Easy. Like, smooth. Like, no issue. Just like how Freeway Ricky Ross, you easily could have been a burner in the 90s if you said, I don't want to do dope no more. I just want to do weed. Yeah. But it's just the predicament you're in. And it's crazy. Like, we're in the same country where it is okay in some spots and not in others. Yeah, yeah. And, and, And I think, like... How we applaud certain people in cannabis, like say, uh, what's, the, what's the buddy? I'm not Mickey Monday, but there's a white dude who's a pilot. Like, they yeah. love talking about buddy, man. Yeah. They need to talk about 
Branson. You know what I'm saying? Like, like how they love propping up these dudes. And I'm not saying they don't, they don't deserve their, 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 their flowers now. But what I'm saying is Branson existed, and that's a real thing. And I can go, I can Google Branson rap lyrics right now, and you'll, you'll figure out who, who he is mm-hmm. through Lil Wayne, through Jadakiss, through Biggie, through Redman. You know what I mean? Like, to know Redman found a bag of Branson in his pants, like, <laughs> last year. You know, so his mom's did in the house. Like, yo, she found a bag of Branson, pulled it out, and it was, like, super dry. Like, I wish he would have tried to smoke it. But he, <laughs> he pulled out a bag of Branson from 95 in, in, last year. You know what I mean? Like, bro needs to be propped up like that. So, yeah, I, we did have a chance to meet bro. I would say him and uh, Quentin. From the far side. Quentin's on his way. Quentin's on his way. You remember the Far no. Side album? The very first Far Side album. Quentin, Why am I blanking right Quentin, now? Quentin, I think, was, like, the West Coast Branson. Quentin's on his way. Quentin's on his way. Ooh, another day, and it's okay. <laughs> We're gonna get high. Like he was like, I guess the guy that was running weed to okay, people on the there. West Coast. But, oh, out there. Okay. And Tommy Boy even gave him a single deal on the strength of it. That's straight. You know, that's what I'm saying though. We we have even our own pioneers if we want to keep it a buck that we should really be lifted up. And Branson is one of them. Like mm-hmm. Quentin is one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like as much as we tell these stories and all this other shit. Yeah, let's talk about that. The first it. time I heard of like the billionaire Richard Branson, yeah. I was like, this nigga? <laughs> but then I realized, like, oh, not the guy from Virgin. But I, I totally thought that's who they were talking about. Nah, there. but yeah, I had a chance to talk to Bro, man. He's definitely an amazing kid, man. I'd love to see if we could speak to him again on a different level because after talking to him now, and then we in a space now where we're watching more, we're watching states go left and right legal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we're watching now pe- black people in general trying to fight for their place at this table, quote unquote, table. And again, we got somebody right here who literally created his own table, his own his own distribution line. He's a brand own, name. His own packaging. Like people used to tell me, like when we was in New York, they was telling us about the boxes. Like, yo, he would come up in these little boxes and they'd be tied up. And you don't even know what the fuck's in it. I'm looking like that's see shit. I pay extra for that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm paying extra for that. And he had the jaws too. Yeah, the jaw, the Branson jaw, bro. I'm paying extra for that. Yeah, this is this is not you pulling weed out of a sock. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd pay extra for that, definitely, the man. The finesse, so. the finesse of it all. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's lift them brothers up. So, I'm congratulating you. You're doing a, a great thing, definitely, in the, with the dispensary. It's called Mission? Mission, yeah, Mission Dispensary. Mission Dispensary. Uh, yeah, Southside Chicago. Check us out when you're in town, man. Come, them, definitely hold them down, come man. Come through with this regular just ID. It's legal. And you're good to go. <laughs> What's your preferred way to smoke? Kasoon. Um, okay, so I am an adventurer. Okay. I like edibles because it is always an exotic experience. Mm. Um, there was literally a time where I had a piece of chocolate. And this is before, like, cats was reading dosages and stuff. You're just happy just to have stuff. the product. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I ate chocolate, and then I went to um, Fogo de Chao because I wanted my food to be amazing. As if, if, as if going to Fogo just isn't the shit already, yeah. right? But no. I wanted to taste like the cells of, 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 of the steak I was eating. What a high moment, man. <laughs> Yo, it got to the point where I felt like my feet were sticking to the carpet. Mm. And I was scared to leave the restaurant because everybody had knives. They're going to kill me. Then I called my homie Keynote from the Bodega Brothers and I called him and explained to him how. Somehow I stopped 9-11 from happening, and I'm in the World Trade Center right now having dinner. And you should be here, too. 
What kind of weed was this? It was I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was just a chocolate bar. I got it from L.A. Like my homie who had a license, who had a license, gave me the chocolate. I got it back here, and I just kept it for a rainy day because I know my limit. Because like I, I get that high off of edibles most times. Okay. So, so you know you. I know me. Yeah. There was one time. Uh, recently, I got high and I went to True Foods. And anybody who's been to True Foods in Atlanta knows they're really proud of themselves. You know, it's not really cheap, but the food is great. So I'm eating my food at True Foods. And while I'm eating, waiting for the bill to come, I call Fellini's Pizza, which is right down the street on Peachtree, <laughs> so I could go pick up two slices. It was greedy as fuck. It was so greedy. And those slices be big. Damn. <laughs> and then even after I smashed the two Fellini slices, I was trying to think, like, what did I want it for dessert? Yeah. <laughs> and this is off the edible, not even the weed. Like, yeah, this, eat, this, eat. this lap, it was off of, um, that time it was, yeah, uh, gummies. Gummies. It was gummies. It was a sativa indica hybrid, yeah. and I probably had one. Oh, it was gummies, and then like, all right. So you know how you have like the vape pens, right? Yeah. So I've had a vape pen that I bought from my homie D Technique from the Bodega Brothers. Shout out! Uh, and when I traded my car in, I left the pen in the car. So I got a new pen. And you know how, like, you have... I thought you was going to say you went and got the pin back. <laughs> nah. It's Atlanta. It's the guy who took my car in, like, you look like one of us. I like, you know, like, <laughs> he wanted to come back. <laughs> he, thought, he probably felt like God wanted him to have that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I knew I wasn't going to see it no more. So, you know how you have pens and then you have things that people smoke out of that were like, yo, bro, you're doing too much? Yes. My, my new pen was the, yo, you're doing too much. I got this thing called the low key, which looks like a keychain. Okay. And, like, the cartridge thing flips in and flips out. So, when I put the cartridge on there, it's different than the pen. It, it gave way more kickback than... You ever, like... You ever inhale and, like, cough and, like, see, like, visions of the future mm-hmm. and past? You start seeing stars. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I had a Pineapple Express cartridge. Okay. I don't know if you've ever had that one before. Cartridge, no. Strain, yes. Okay. Yes. So, I had the Pineapple Express cartridge and... That mixed with the couple gummies I had, yeah, that shit. I was man, I was Doc Strange. Man, we need to go ahead and get you a, a, a edible um, um, brand ambassadorship or something, man. Like, somebody, some this is like perfect. <laughs> I am pro edible. I remember the very second time that I had edibles. The crazy here's the crazy shit. Whenever I'm like really high, no matter where I'm at, I'm in New York. <laughs> <laughs> So one time, and, and this is what Cali's about, the song Cali that I just dropped last week. I was literally in LA and it kicked in while I was on the freeway. So all the brake lights of the cars have now turned into the things from Space Invaders. Oh no. And I'm not like swerve I'm not swerving, <laughs> but I'm trying to avoid like the beams of lasers. Yeah. So I told my homie that I was with, I was like, you know, a homegirl I work with on uh, you know, at Dish. I was like, hey, we probably should pull over. And when I pulled over, we're in L.A. But it was all the establishing shots from the Cosby show. There are no brownstones in L.A., but I was seeing brownstones. And I'm trying to call my homie Kino. And then, like, the screen from the phone was, pull- was pulling me in. So I couldn't, like, get the number out. I got to go hear this song, Cat. <laughs> Like, I can't oh man, wait till you see the video, man. Wait till you see the video, bro. Man. And then the video after that is even crazier than 
Cali. I've been editing it for like two months because it's really extreme. That's dope, man. You know, I feel like rap has played a huge role in why cannabis is popular. Like, I, I don't, I don't even think it'd be disputed, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel like rappers take ownership of the of the plant or the industry like they should. Do you feel like rappers should really, and, and, and MCs overall in the industry, especially ones who consume, ones who try to play in this industry, do you feel like they should be more vocal about their activities in this industry or they're vocal about their love of this industry versus just telling us about how much they smoke all the time? Yeah, I think you've got to get a little bit more specific because okay. like a lot of people who we look as the poster children for marijuana within the hip-hop culture, yeah. we just know these people love to get high, yeah. but we don't know why. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There has to be, there has to be a narrative... To explain to people like what got you there. Like everybody has their reasons. Like I don't smoke every day. I don't smoke every week. I have kids. I kinda gotta like fly low with my shit. You know what I'm saying? So you definitely can't eat edibles, clearly. (laughs) Unless I want to have an adventure. Yeah. yeah. Or or go to New York on demand. (laughs) But I mean, but you know, I really feel like if more people within the culture talked about it from a standpoint of like, hey, these are the other good things that this is for, like, yeah. hey, there's a lot of people walking around with arthritis, cancer patients who are in immeasurable pain, people who are going through leukemia, people who have trouble focusing. Some of them have been helped out by sativa. Um, you know, like, I think we have to, like, you know, have people, like, figure out a clever way to rap about that shit. I think it, I think I just found another, you know what, maybe it was the weed. I'm getting ideas now. Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. I done seen Snoop Dogg become Christian Snoop, Jamaican Snoop, He's become a um, he's 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 a chef. He was a lion. He's a Snoop. Yeah, Snoop could do this. Become medicinal Snoop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and have a whole rap song where he just discusses different ailments and stuff like that. Yo, <laughs> that my man just, can help. My man just bounced out the dumbest vegan uh, sandwich at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, like, like, like when you read the fine print, it's like okay. So let me get this straight. You made a vegan sandwich that has Beyond Sausage and real egg. Yeah, <laughs> cheese. Yeah. Like yes, yes, yes. They should call it the veganish. And it's all available. <laughs> and it's all available at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, but yeah. I think that Snoop Snoop probably could pull that off. I don't think Wiz Khalifa could. Like, I don't want to listen to Wiz Khalifa tell me anything other than like KK. To be honest with you, like, I don't want to hear him try to sell me that story of medicinal the the beauty of the medicinal purposes of cannabis. No, Snoop is one of those people I think Snoop could do it that we that. trust. For yeah. what, you know, for whatever reason, he has that face that we trust. Even more when he has the, the bonnet on. Oh, you, let's be for real. Snoop not only has a face he can trust, Snoop is one of the few people outside of like Charlie Sheen who could like do some like felony type shit, like like murder. You know what I'm saying? Like like <laughs> like murder. Like walk away from a murder and a white America just be like hugs. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like like come work with Martha Stewart. Like he's one of the few people who can avoid all kinds no, of shit. Some people have done like the unthinkable. And still somehow like secured the bag and people's credibility. Because yeah. like, you know, when Buster Rhymes was out here wilding, like, yo, the white man is the devil. They gave my man a whole Mountain Dew ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like okay. Say word. You, you know, you but but you're right. You are you you are hundred percent right. I thought that ahead. was gonna completely stop his bag. Yeah. The white man's the devil and there's only five years left. Like, you know, all that shit. On every <laughs> album too. There's only five years left. <laughs> every album. I Yo, Buster Rock, <laughs> kill me with that because it's like every album. Why are you counting this down, bro? Because I'm still buying these. Yeah, you I, know need, what I'm saying? I needed a follow up in 2001. So, yo, yeah, what happened? Yeah, so you can't just stop out the blue. You feel <laughs> me? Next thing you know, we we you shaking ass like it's on fire. You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Just out the blue, no more, no more. The world's about to end. Word, crazy man. What are we gonna see you in the, in the next ten years? Um, next ten years in a perfect world, man. Hopefully, I'm producing TV shows mm. and. Uh, 
and just really like creating dope spaces for creative people to come and be creative. Yeah. That's my whole thing. I don't want to be like Regis filming like like 70 and still working. You like, give me no. Black Regis. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, you give me Black Regis right now, like a cooler version of Regis. Like Thank Regis you. wasn't wasn't non cool. Like let me not let me not say that. He's he cool as shit. Yeah. He was a G. Yeah, like a G. I want, like I want to be on TV and do stuff like that. Yeah. But I also want to create hubs because there's a lot of creative people who don't have the infrastructure. Yes. Or the admin to do the things that they want to do. Yeah. So if you're incredible in filming and you're a great writer, I want to create a space where you guys can come together and do your stuff. That's what's up, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's my gift. That's needed. You know what I mean? We need incubators like that are around somewhat. You know what I mean? But we do need more. It's not like you know what I'm saying. What's what's What's, what's an extra? You know what I'm saying? Like, we need more of that, and we need people to help foster the, the, the creatives in this community. You know, even when you look at, like, you know, collectives, like, like, Odd Future, per se. Yeah. Everybody came together and did a thing that made Odd Future great. Now, what if you took that from, like, just rap and made it multimedia? You know what I'm saying? To where, like, hey... We have somewhat of an agenda, but the agenda is to build. Because like most people always want something from you, but most people don't lead with, what can I do for you? Nah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> if we can put those people in the same spot and get them cooking, yeah. man, listen, man. We I can- like how you use the Odd Future reference too, man, because Odd Future, that's a good um, connection to that. Because everybody in there plays a certain role. Not everybody a rapper, not everybody a producer. Everybody plays a certain role, though, and it helps that train move down the track extremely smooth. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, my man just won a, a Grammy. Like, who would have ever thought the dude who ate a cockroach at the end of his video was going to get a Grammy? I would have. I love Tyler, man. Like, like ever since, you know, and I'll give it to this. The first time I saw him in, um, when I saw Odd Future perform on the Jimmy Fallon show. And yeah. I don't know if you remember, this is the first time they performed, like, on a, lot, on a big platform like that. It was big on Twitter. Like, matter of fact, Twitter was brand new then. It was a big Twitter thing. So I was like, let me get into this Odd Future show. I started listening to it. It was like, I didn't fully get it at first. Then I saw the performance. Mm. And I'm like, I still don't get this, but I, I fuck with this hard. Right. Like, this is just, I remember most Def came out the side and just started yelling swag. I was like, that's how I feel watching this man right now. <laughs> like, the way you, and watching the Grammys this weekend. I'm like, if, I don't know how y'all can watch this man perform and think that he's anything other than a star. Like, no, dude God, is amazing. I felt amazing. like the Grammy actually should have came before, but like, you know, when, yes, you, when yes. you're a hip hop head, yeah. the Grammys never do what they're supposed to do. No, no. You know what I mean? So no. I expected. Continuous snub nose, snub nose activity as yeah. it related to what he did, but he did an album that was different than anything that he's ever released, and this is what totally got him. I think in that speech that he made, you know, when they say things are urban, yeah, just as a f- sophisticated way to say the n word, he's right because Igor, for lack of you know, for all intents and purposes, is a pop, pop music mm-hmm. album, mm-hmm. and he should have been classified as such. Actually, I thought that speech was something kind of funny to me because I'm like, at the same time. We've been calling Lizzo pop all year, and she does something at the Soul Train Awards, and she even gets mentioned for an award, and people bug the fuck out. I'm like, can we get, make our minds up? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like she's clearly pop. I understand this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you can recognize that what she's doing is also rhythmic and blues. Like, some of this can fit into this category. It's tricky, though. Like, I mean, I think you've seen it happen to people, like, not the best example, but, like, MC Hammer. Yeah. Like, once you belong to the world and you're not ours anymore... Oh, no, yeah, that happened we, to Hammer. Yeah, yeah. We, we feel a certain <laughs> way about it. Yeah, Because yeah. when it was just Let's Get It Started and, yeah. like, people kind of knew about him. Bro. But, you know, pre... You can't touch this. It was one thing, but once he became something that everybody was into, and like even like you know, kids. When you start having a hammer commercial, I mean cartoon, mm-hmm. that's when we knew it was a rap. 
Yeah, actually, I knew it was a rap. I got Pop Goes the Weasel on my playlist. I knew it was a rap when I saw Third Base do Pop Goes the Weasel. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is it now? Well, when I saw him do the chicken commercial, I was like, okay, this is where, yeah. And then the Adams Family song. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen him now do the, um, what's it, is it the, the, the payday loan commercials now? I did. Okay. I did. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I also saw him last year at Brave Stadium, whatever they call that now, uh, at the Battery. Was it some? I went to go see the game because Hammer performs. Because I was like, yo. I don't know when I'll be able to see him perform. You're right, though, and man. If, and if I can see him and eat a burger at the same time, yeah, I yeah. think I don't yeah. think I'll ever be able to pair the two together. So <laughs> I went to go see him, and like, yo, he started to set off by doing none of the shit that like you would expect an MC Hammer to do. Like he did what Kanye's doing now with no quiet. <laughs> oh no, bro! I came to see, like you say, get it started. I came to see them shits, man. Nah, he did like. Son of the King, and mm-mm, 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 and mm-mm. I think he baptized somebody. Like it was a lot going on, man. I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna head out." <laughs> that's what's all. Yeah, all right, I'm out, man. Bro, I appreciate you coming through tonight. Yo, this has been an amazing. You, yo, this is fun as hell, man. Yeah, man. I'm at an age where you gotta take naps and do shit after eight. <laughs> I'm glad I did. Man, Headcrack, appreciate you coming through. Wish you all all the luck and all the more success in the in the radio world. Um, hopefully, I can I, I can find myself over on your on your show one day talking about the Cash Color Canvas world and all that. Man. You have to pull up, yeah, and and not in a Hollywood way. Like, no, really, bro, <laughs> not huh? like Martin. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, wait, uh, Tommy Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I show up. What happens when you show up? Martin you can spray. <laughs> nah, for real. Like, because here's the thing, man. Like. There are so many sides to the, you know, to the business, man. Yeah. And you have a unique perspective on the world, and yo, you're entertaining as hell. And, <laughs> and I just like talking to entertaining people. Man. Well, this I appreciate that. I it's definitely, I definitely pull up and not in a Hollywood way, man. I would definitely, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, come through anytime you want. Yeah, nah, it's bad, man. They said no guests. <laughs> yeah, she be, she be Hollywood. I probably have to bring her. She be, yeah. She oh no, yeah, you yeah, camera people welcome, man. Okay. Bring them all. Okay, all right, that's what's up. The EDM DJ side, you check out DJ Young Josh, DJ Mayhem. Okay. Okay. We got. I'm gonna write them down because I don't want to pull it out in the middle of my camera. Where? Because the thing is, like, I went to like, you know, you you watch the. Hey, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This this is an off air show. (laughs) (laughs) I started looking at the time. Like, this is the part where people be screaming at me when they be listening to the shows. Like, what the hell y'all be going on? (laughs) But that's a perfect. I appreciate you coming through, crack man. Um, Definitely have a chance to mix out with everybody here because I'm pretty sure people want to take pictures and get a chance to know you while they're here as well. So that's Cash Color Campus, high level conversation on live hip hop daily TV. We out.